Good afternoon. Welcome to the weekly livestock market update. I'm Brownfield anchor reporter Megan Grebner. With us, as always, to talk all things livestock markets is University of Missouri livestock economist Scott Brown. Good afternoon, Scott. Good afternoon, Megan. All right. Uh, we're going to, we have a couple of different things to talk about this week. Uh, monthly trade data we're going to get into, some consumer things, domestic demand as it relates to jobs. Uh, but the other big thing we get to talk about is actually some finalization. And the final hurdle for the U.S.-Japan trade deal cleared. But before we get into all those fun things, let's recap what happened this week in the markets. Definitely yeah, start on the cattle side of the equation this week. Uh, live cash cattle prices were 75 cents higher this week. Uh, feeder cattle markets this week are anywhere from steady to $2 higher. On the future side, the February uh, live cattle futures contract was down $1.10, uh, while the January feeder cattle futures contract also closed down uh, nearly 70 cents. The choice box beef price was $4.25 lower this week, and we really saw weakness across the board in all of those uh, beef components for that choice box beef price. Barrels and Guilds cash prices were 50 cents higher this week. The February Lean Hog Futures contract closed down 85 cents. Uh, the pork cutout value was down nearly 40 cents this week, and that was really driven uh, by what uh, the decline in belly prices that we saw this week. All right, let's start with monthly trade data, and then we're going to like kind of dovetail into the U.S.-Japan trade agreement. As we take a look at the numbers for October, let's start with pork exports because there's no, another really uh, big jump in pork exports. Yeah, it is a good, an, another good report for us on the pork side of the equation. October pork exports were up 8.5% uh, relative to a year ago. Uh, when you look at the value side, that's a 10% higher value uh, relative to a year ago as well. For the first 10 months of this year, export volume has been running 5% above uh, last year's pace. Um, we look at China, uh, Hong Kong in particular, and you look at the first 10 months of data there, and we're up more than 50%. So you see what's uh, been the driver really on the pork export side has been uh, China and Hong Kong. Uh, as as uh, we talk about the effects of of ASF on the beef side of the equation, October beef exports were actually eight percent below year ago levels. Uh, it's, it's good to remind us that October of uh, 2018 was a pretty large month for us. For the first ten months of 2019, beef exports were down two and a half percent. Japan was lower for the first ten months of of this year, uh, down about six percent. Uh, so a little different story on the beef side uh, relative to what we've been seeing on the pork side of the equation. As we look at those beef numbers, are we surprised to see this decline really uh, for the entire year so far in beef exports? It's probably a bigger decline than we anticipated uh, as we started the year. Uh, perhaps some of what we've been seeing is some competition that uh, – has been doing better than we have uh, in that Japanese market. Uh, it, it reminds us that tariff rates do matter, and countries that have lower tariff rates uh, certainly have a cost advantage over some of our product. So let's talk about this U.S.-Japan trade agreement. It has cleared its final hurdle, so it went through both parts of the Japanese House. It doesn't have to go through congressional approval, according to the White House here, this has really almost instantaneous implications for the U.S. red meat sectors beginning in January of 2020 once they begin implementation. 
Yeah, that's correct, Meg. And I, I often say, you know, when you look at trade agreements, where often the win is the long term of those trade agreements. And there's some long term wins here. Don't get me wrong. But, but you're correct. Starting January, uh, under what I understand uh, in that agreement is we'll talk about a tariff on U.S. beef going to Japan that uh, currently sits at 38.5%, uh, falling to around 26%. And in fact, I believe we get another reduction in that tariff come April 1 of 2020 as well. So we're going to get some pretty instantaneous help in terms of lower tariffs. Uh, I often say this is potentially one of the reasons to get more bullish about where U.S. cattle prices can go in 2020, as I think the Japanese will take more beef from us uh, as those tariffs uh, ratchet down. And there is a long-term win here. Uh, Those tariffs ultimately get down to 9%. A 9% tariff relative to a 38.5% tariff uh, means a much more inexpensive product uh, headed to Japan and I think continues to allow us to grow products there. And really it puts us uh, on a level playing field when it comes to our major competitors, both Australia, some of those places in the EU side of things, I'm assuming as well for pork. So so number one, I, I, I remind us on Australia all the time that you know you think about uh, what's been a tough weather situation in, in Australia. Thank goodness, in some ways, they have been struggling because their internal prices uh, in Australia have been fairly high as a result of all the drought that they faced. Had they not had that drought, we might have be even in a worse situation in terms of what's happened in 2019. Getting this fixed so we're back on a level playing field with Australia uh, in that Japanese market, I think, keeps us uh, in, in a much better situation. All right, let's talk domestic demand. Uh, another really stellar jobs report came out today, uh, way more and way, way above pre-report estimates. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 266,000 jobs were added in November. Uh, the unemployment rate now setting at 3.5%. I believe that's a 50-year uh, uh, low that we've seen with that 3.5%. Uh, We've been seeing wages go up, uh, hourly, uh, average hourly wage earnings have increased 3.1% over the last 12 months. So there's been a lot of of really good news on the general economy. And you take the combination of what's some good news on the trade side and you add now what's a pretty positive job support this month. And, you know, one can become more optimistic about uh, the outlook for, for livestock prices into 2020. And fin- finishing up on the domestic side of things, consumer sentiment, another big or another boost uh, for, for sentiment month over month. Yeah, absolutely. You look at the preliminary data for December of 2019, that overall index of consumer sentiment uh, is 2.5% uh, higher than it was in November. Uh, I guess I look at that report, and even more important in terms of the numbers the current economic conditions, that preliminary December number is 3.2% above where we were in, in November. Uh, b- both those very uh, strong demand side numbers, it just corresponds very nicely with the jobs data that we got out uh, as well today. We know domestic demand has remained strong. We're still looking. We still want to see, I'm assuming, especially on the pork side of things, we still want to see uh, um, more demand for U.S. pork, more demand for U.S. red meat in general on the global market. With the Japan deal and talk about maybe some resolution with China, is that exactly 
what the red meat and the livestock sector needs to see for a pretty successful 2020? It does. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting some of these things now known with a lot more certainty than just a few days ago. But you finish up here in the next few days with a successful U.S.-China agreement that reduces the tariffs on U.S. pork currently going to China. And I think we get some substantial increases in, in U.S. pork exports there. The, the combination of, of both stronger pork and beef exports in 2020 could, could certainly spell much higher prices, uh, much higher than anybody would have, have expected. Of course, we'll continue to wait and see whether we get to the end and get a phase one U.S.-China agreement anytime soon. But uh, it is important to understand that even in a period where we've been growing domestic meat supplies by about 2.5% a year for the last five years, demand could uh, continue at a pace that more than offsets that growth and gives us higher prices. All right. That's it for us this week as we look ahead to next week. What reports uh, will we have to discuss? We've got a couple of reports coming out next week. Of course, USDA is going to give us a WASDE report on Tuesday, and then we also get a, a look at retail meat prices on Wednesday. All right, Scott, have a great weekend. We will talk to you again next Friday. Sounds great, Megan. To have our weekly livestock market update delivered to your email box every Saturday morning, visit our website, brownfieldagnews.com. You can submit questions and comments there as well. For market updates twice daily, check out John Perkins' Market Minute. And for all the latest podcasts from Brownfield, visit our website, brownfieldagnews.com slash podcast. Have a great weekend. I'm Megan Grebner for Brownfield.